Game begin. From the pages of Extraversal comes an actual play podcast with a difference. Join the team at Big Punch Studios as they attempt to play and create a brand new RPG system from scratch. Listen to the show, read the comic, play along at home, and prepare to enter the Extraverse! everyone and welcome to first flight uh first flight nights first flight nights first nights uh we're off yeah we're off the grid we're you know we're just, this is this is the relaxed version <laughs> it's the you between say. zone and i'm finding it very stressful <laughs> <laughs> you say that and yeah i see a lovely potted plant behind you and i i do yes. believe it's impossible to be stressed near a potted plant <laughs> although it is plastic so Mm. It's all of well, a that's even less stress, surely. That means you can't even kill it. That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you as well. Like we 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 replaced all our plants in in the kitchen with fake plants because we we kept they kept them. they kept they kept, they kept dying. <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> we have one real plant in the house and about twenty fake ones, and I can just about manage that ratio. <laughs> where where is the real plant? Which it's one is the real plant? On well. You'll have to come round and guess. That could be a new podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which one How many rubber real? leaves can John eat until he finds <laughs> until he finds the culprit? Your indigestion is the compass to destiny. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as all this quarantine's over, you can look forward to uh to that. Chowing down. <laughs> oh, the moment I get the word, like, you know, all your you better have barricaded that door pretty well over the coming weeks, because I'm just I'm char- I'm coming in. I'm hungry for plastic leaves. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so um we are remote. Uh we are all kind of talking on uh, a variety of webcams and having completed a great big arc, mm. we're having our customary kind of chill out sesh. We're talking about how we feel, how how it made us feel, and also hopefully some exciting future plans both for first flight and um some other junk which we've got coming up which <laughs> is going to be pretty fun actually yeah um yeah so i guess just to kind of kick things off um how do we all feel about all that glitters i i liked it a lot i thought i really liked the sort of smaller more bottle episode kind of i mean it still took us about what eight nine episodes to get through <laughs> but like you know when the court of heme was like a 15 episode epic um Man, <laughs> i feel that's, like that's amazing the sort of the slightly smaller tighter little uh story was good fun i think it fits well yeah yes, I, agreed. I i really like the setting especially because i think like we've explored a couple of different universes and it was really fun to sort of go home in a way and then for stuff to crack off there sort of showed the scope of this of this world and the ridiculousness of even when you're in relative safety how badly wrong things can still go <laughs> <laughs> it was 
it was um it was a lot of like it was weird because when we did the very first arc like plague ship um we barely had any rules at all <laughs> like um i was totally just flying by the seat of my pants like as as a dm mm. um i worked very hard to create those like five rules that we actually had <laughs> <laughs> i mean and it was a hell of an acid test because i think i remember like going going into plague ship and then suddenly realizing like i had no safety net at all and like i was like oh god like I don't think these rules are quite as robust as we would have hoped. And I don't think I'm as good as I would have hoped. Like, I've never done this before. Um, but you were all, like, really good in Plague Ship. And in a weird way, like, having, like, not having those rules, we were kind of, like, kind of quite, like, free. Like, kind of just, like, kind of making it up. And it was like, oh, you want to do this? I'm like, oh, cool, go for it. Why not? You know, there's no reason why we can't. Uh, and then, like, Court of Heme, we'd refined the rules. And I was trying to, like, go okay, so this is a framework, we know how it's going to go now. Uh, and then, of course, what was meant to be like quite a simple little story of like a murder mystery um, <laughs> did become, as you say, like this big kind of mad thing. So with All That Glitters, I was trying to like, I was trying to bring it down again. It still got, it was still, it was still relatively big. And I don't know if this means that like every story we ever do will involve something blowing up at the end, which, um, <laughs> yeah. I'll make sure. I'd hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I think a really interesting thing and like a turning point was um, the weird little intermission we did when you were all on the convoy, and we had like those little character building moments with each of you. Yeah. And that was when it started to like kind of come together. I felt because like everything you all did was amazing, and I think really kind of like informed your characters oh, quite a bit. That's cool. And then when it, when it came to uh, all that glitters like you all really came together like it was the way you worked as a team to try and like get in and then solve problems it was it was wonderful it was a lot of fun to oh, kind of cool. see it was a lot of fun to play yeah for sure did you have any like any uh kind of questions like in the aftermath anything you think didn't get explained in the course of the story um, i'm always curious to ask any dm at the end of an arc did it go the way you expected it would go <laughs> did you have in your head a story that we would beat by beat experience or did we just take it completely off track it's weird like i i it, i think like obviously the the vault had very clear chambers yeah, like yeah. i i had the idea for the vault long before why well, i actually kind of did some of the story stuff around it mm -hmm. so like i knew like you know oh you got to solve this one and then this one and then this one um and i i was hoping he said like if we, if we just focus on the vault for a second i was hoping that like the fact that you know there was going to be a, a test of uh was it cunning a test of strength and a test of charm mm -hmm. yeah I'm still and, not 100% sure which was which. Uh, no. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I was hoping that it was meant to be misleading. Like yeah. it was meant to be not what you think it is. Well, that worked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you were so immediately suspicious of like <laughs> everything in it. Oh, yeah. That I... I think like I was I was thinking like, oh, I've really got them on this one. They're going to think that like, you know, the big chess game that's definitely cunning 
you know, and it's going to be all these little things. And then I think by about halfway through the chess game, you were like, I don't think this, I don't think everything is what it appears to be here. I, I think, I think we're being tricked. And it's like in the second chamber where you were fighting the big Colossal monster. Face. Yeah. Yeah. That was meant to be, it was meant to, of course, look like strength. It was mm -hmm. meant to be like, oh, there's a big monster. You've just got to fight it. Um, but you all worked out pretty damn quickly that it was it, the idea was that you were meant to have an impossible enemy you couldn't beat them yeah but then you you had to hit the buttons and it was even going to be the idea and this was going to be a clue because ultimately there was a fourth chamber in the vault which you didn't know about ah. and that was where the the illusions happened yeah, the illusion chamber and the fact that there was a fourth hidden button on the back of the monster was meant to be more of a like a like a shock or a twist but just the way you were all kind of in that chamber and i know that ali uh lynette was like really high up and you yeah. looked down and i couldn't really not say that you hadn't seen like the button <laughs> on the thing's back so mm -hmm. you all just like <clears throat> breezed through that one <laughs> like you you really got it and um yeah so i i think like you were all a lot more suspicious, and I think rightly so, than I was hoping you'd be. <laughs> like, we know how you think, John. It's not always going to be straightforward. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. Um, but when you got to um, the the third chamber with the uh, the kind of high school <laughs> that was uh, amazing. one, like I was thinking for a while that like. I don't, I almost feel bad for doing it because the point was you're meant to think, oh, I've got to win by charming or romancing someone. But the answer is violence. Like the answer is actually... <laughs> just smash it to bits. Just Aggress. smash it to bits. Aggress. But you were so good <laughs> at like trying to solve the mystery of that. I was kind of thinking like, oh crap, like that probably should have just been like a puzzle for you to solve because <laughs> it's almost kind of sad that you just had to like just punch punch your way out in the end <laughs> i wanted to go to the swim meet <laughs> <laughs> but then what was so great about that is that like obviously there was there was a huge amount of potential for you to do all that that stupid high school dating sim stuff and because we kind of battered through it fairly fairly early on you lost some of that opportunity but then you brought it all back with all the glitches where like the huge face was now like whatever that name like Corey or Trey oh, or whatever it was it like Troy or Trench it was, Troy. Troy. It was many Troys wasn't it was it? Troy, many Troys <laughs> and he was just constantly saying swim meat <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten about half of that that was so good yeah it was Troy I've written them all down here Oh, yeah, yeah. I started writing their names down, and then I think at some point realised that they weren't important and were never going to be. So I stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, they're um, very we, um... important for my fan art, actually. So. Oh yeah, yeah. for all my shipping. Good to have yeah. That. Um, yeah. Speaking of Nick, the... you need to get on that. Sorry. Yeah, of course I do. I need to draw the three characters in school uniforms. I think. Yeah. What have you been doing with this Easter weekend, if not drawing fan art oh, of our sorry. own characters? <laughs> I um speaking of the vault, I really enjoyed the time where we got really addicted to that blue stuff. Yeah. And we oh, went really yeah. hard on the role play on that. So that we <laughs> <laughs> I like... honestly I, I I was having trouble figuring out whether you still hadn't got it for a while. <laughs> That's there. perfect. That's I... amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like I was kind of going, well, I mean, obviously Ratua hates this because mm. that's that's him. Why would he ever be happy? <laughs> like it, it's like 
But then I was like, well, when I started playing up to it and you guys were playing up to it too, I was sort of, for a moment, I was there going, do they not get what we're, what's going on here? <laughs> or do they? And they're just really playing. <laughs> it's so weird, like role playing a thing like that, because on the one hand, you're playing to win. You're playing a game when you want to do the right things that will allow you to complete the challenge and win the day and get the loot and save the whatever, you know. But then there's another part of you that's like, but my character wouldn't. Like, mm, like mm. I, I don't think they'd know, or they'd be, uh, or they, if they are affected by the charming magical properties of this thing, then they wouldn't just go, nah, that's fine, and move away from it because, just because I know as a place, the metagaming thing, isn't it? But it's like, yeah. it's just so funny to to have to sort of almost stem that feeling of I'm trying to win the game and instead just enjoy the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I mean, I'm not sure. I'm still not sure if if I had apologized properly to the emperor <laughs> would that have all gone differently but it's like Rituwa wouldn't have done that so no, exactly i love the way you really resisted like that was that was your equivalent of of ali and i in the illusion chamber that sort yeah. of frustrating just come just come on just come on Rituwa, just do it <laughs> and it was the same with us when we were like addicted to the blue stuff you're, you're like just come on guys just leave it alone <laughs> it when i have to ask in the final like illusory chamber when did you when when did it seem like it really might have been real originally yes. like when 100%. did it not when, when did we it break when we first stepped in and there was gold everywhere and there was the blue thing on top of the pyramid i did not think it was an illusion at that point i can't remember I think, exactly when i did think but yeah i think i kind of got it when my my brain started better gaming and i was going like is it mana but if it was yeah. mana why would it make us feel good? Yeah. And also, why would this cause everybody to run away? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, this is, if this is amazing, it wouldn't make people leave. It wouldn't make people just, like, scarper. Yeah. Um, mm. And then I think, like, John, you really started leaning into the whole, all the roles are perfect kind of thing. And I was like, oh, okay, this isn't really <laughs> happening. <It's> like... <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Because didn't we call the ship? Yeah. Yes. And Timbar said yeah. something like, "I'm healed. I'm all well. Yeah, I'm coming to save great. you." Yeah. <laughs> and I think that was the point where I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I... See, I was like, "Oh, this is great. I think we've won. <laughs> <laughs> the game's over. We've done really well." <laughs> You're a little distracted by your bucket of rainbow vom, yes. which you you carried with you for a very long time. I did adore that. Yeah, yeah I bet you didn't see that coming, John. <laughs> What, what what was weird was, like I said, I had I had these I had these chambers in mind, and I knew that like, you know, you mentioned like the emperor, like the idea was that it is a test of cunning, and it would be possible to solve the game. Like you you would have been able, like it wasn't yeah, impossible. I remember you saying that at the time, yeah. Yeah, but it was like it'd be like the idea was that it'd be like trying to play chess when no one had taught you the rules. Like that's the <laughs> point. Like there are rules, you just don't know what they are. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then, so you think it's cunning, but in reality, all you have to do is be nice to the guy and ask and he'll <laughs> let you buy. So it's like a charm thing. And then, yeah, as you said, like Ritu are just absolutely refusing, like utterly refusing <laughs> to be so kind good. of, um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, so I had all those chambers and then the, the fourth secret chamber at the end. And then the idea that, like, you know, you get in and you find that actually it's not this big grand treasure room. There's just like, it's just like a boxy little storage room and yeah. there's a few things in it. 
But then from that point on, I was a little more like, okay, so that was quite rigid. Like we set up like this rigid, rigid structure about what you're going to do. It's like a little dungeon. That's what I wanted. I really wanted it to be a dungeon for you mm. to solve. Yeah, and it was. Yeah. But then I was like, okay, but getting out is going to be a whole other... I really didn't know how that was going to pan out <laughs> at all. <laughs> and I, I'd actually brought up like a, a random item generator. Oh, cool. I was going to ask about that. Like, did we, did, were we always going to find the same items? No, it was, I, I brought up like, a, I think it was like some online D&D random item generator. And you can, you know, it was, you know, it would generate like a, a magical item and a purpose or something like that. And I scanned that for a bit and I picked and chose like a few things which I thought would be kind of fun. And I thought to myself like, oh, well, I don't really know what this one will do. I don't really know what this one will do. But, like, I, I imagine that would be fun for Ratuar. That would be fun for Ali. And then, oddly enough, when you rolled, I had, like, a little chart. And I was like, okay, we'll just roll and we'll see what you get. Um, I think I did. Or I can't remember. Maybe I dreamt that. But anyway. No, no, we did you... roll for it. Yeah, I'm yeah, we sure. rolled. Yeah. yeah. But then the stuff you got, Ratuar. Uh, sorry, Lucy. Hello. hello. <laughs> uh, Lucy, uh, you I just got... embody him so much. <laughs> I know. It's, it's amazing. Uh you actually got, Rituar got the feather, which I kind of imagined would be quite good for Rituar. Brilliant. And um, Ali, uh, the ring, mm. when you got it, I had no idea what that was going to do. <laughs> other, other than I knew like it was, it was going to, it was going to be a bit more like, or we could just keep it simmering in the background. Like you've put this thing on your hand and now it's kind of, you can't take it off. Like sure. it's just kind of connected to... Lynette and and then I don't know just the idea that it could kind of like hack into things became kind of kind of fun and of course we ended up having a lot of being able to do some really stupid things with it like the the glitching the glitching Troys yeah and um <laughs> and talking kind of to the engine yeah exactly yeah and the um uh Nick uh when uh Capella got that box mm. I don't know, and I, I don't know if this ever came across, but the the idea was more meant to be. It was an impossible box to open, but it generated a fe it generated feelings of curiosity. Oh, I see. This is how uh, Mister Yes, Mister No became aware of it at the end. And I don't think I ever really like drove that home about <laughs> how it was just it, it's an item, like a magical item, which is just meant to be infuriating because. <laughs> You really want it, but it's impossible to open. I see. And I and it was kind of fitting that, that Capella, an addict, ended up getting it. <laughs> yeah. But, that, but then we didn't really get a chance to kind of like uh, do anything with that. I didn't forget about it. And there were multiple times when I thought sort of before it was coming around to my turn in something, I thought maybe I'll try and use the box now and just see what happens. And then something would happen and there'd be an explosion or the ship would tilt on its side or something and I'd get distracted again. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, but I hadn't forgotten about it at all, which is why when Mr. No, no, Mr. Yes at the end mentioned that I had something, I, I instantly remembered what he was on about because I had been constantly aware of it the whole time. The, yeah. I, sorry. No, it's, I, was, I, 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 I just thought I'd better apologise again for the d judgy feather. Um <laughs> I, 
I feel like I probably made the end game a little harder there by tilting everything by 90 degrees. That was so good, though. <laughs> the fact that, like, depending on what you morally did affected, like, the altitude of the ship. That was really good. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think um, the feather is kind of bonded to Rituar now. Like, it did find its way oh. back to him at the end. So, interesting. yeah, you you do have a fun magic feather now. Yay. Something to I'm enjoy. I'm going to find some planet to leave it on. And crush. Yeah. Um, I was, I was going to say, actually, like, um, going back right to the very first episode where you, you've you arrived back at the future legend and you found Mr. Yes and Mr. No. Like, that was kind of fun as well because that was a very, like, that entire episode before you got to the casino. I knew that was going to be very, like story and character kind of base because there was no kind of challenges and obviously like you all interacting with Mr. Mr. Yes was kind of fun yeah but the bit which was kind of like amazing and just for me like I couldn't have imagined or planned in any way was when you were all getting into the casino yeah and like and everything you (laughs) All the nonsense you went through to try and get like <laughs> fancy outfits and stuff. Yeah, that was brilliant. Because <laughs> again, I didn't really know how that was going to pan out. And then mm-hmm. it occurred to me, it was like, okay, well, you don't technically have a ticket. Yeah. And you don't necessarily look the part. Like, I, I just wanted to see what you would come up with. Like, if the three of you had said, like, oh, we're going to try and like, Abseil in or we're gonna try and like pretend to be delivery people or whatever like we would have just run with it but <laughs> i did wonder whether the sewer entrance was supposed to be how we got in <laughs> like when we when we found that in the janitor's closet i was like oh were we not supposed to yeah like rob a fabric shop and i wondered up three at rich that folk. point <laughs> yeah i wondered at that point if that was john sort of saying you could have done this guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no but what you did what you all did was absolutely amazing and like that that was actually just one of my favorite just my kind of favorite moments like just the three of you (laughs) trying to like come up with stuff and everything and you know and I know like I'm you know I'm certainly not an expert in role playing at all because most of what I've done has been with you know the three of you but like um it's interesting how so many systems are so based on numbers and mechanics and dice but that kind of really amazing moment was just you all doing really daft things, like yeah. just kind of like interacting and just stuff. Talking. It was, it, yeah. yeah, it was great. It was really good. It was so much fun. And I think that's part of the beauty of us building this system as we go is that we can decide where we want the rules and where we don't want the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, some of that character stuff was just flowed kind of naturally and, and you don't really need a dice roll to do that kind of thing. Yeah. I remember that when... That is a very sweet segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do well, it. Let's ride well, sorry, that Nick, segue. Nick, did you, did you have something to add, though? <laughs> All I was going to add is that that moment seemed to seemed to come really organically. Like, I, I really felt as though we weren't... Like, you obviously left us wide open. Um, and, and you having said just then, like, they don't have a ticket. Let's see how they solve it kind of thing. It never once felt like too 
I don't know how to describe it, but like impossibly broad. Like we just got on with it. Like we were just like, well, we've got to have fancy clothes. Yeah, of course we have. We had that discussion very quickly and decided you know, in seconds, well, we've got to have Shopping. fancy clothes. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, it was almost like we all knew that we were in this incredible convoy place where anything's buyable, you know? So let's go see what we can buy. <laughs> and then in a way, just out of hand, you solved that problem as a DM with getting those tickets to us that those other people should have had. Um, but I really sort of didn't notice it because we were just all so consumed with this, with this like shopping trip that we were on. It all just felt so right, you know, like it just like worked really well. Well, I was going to say not, not to ignore the, the obvious segue into what, what we do into the latter half, not to ignore that because we do have some stuff coming up on that. But Mm. I did want, I did want to ask like, how do you all feel about your respective characters at this point? Now you've had like you really have had some time to hang out with them. Mm. Mm. Who wants to go first? Um, I don't mind going first. Okay. I um uh, I like Lynette a lot. I enjoy how um chipper she is. <laughs> <laughs> and I was reflecting on it the other day. I was like, it's so funny that I've designed someone that is kind of bonded to a cat and yet is not cat-like in many ways. You know, she's not that kind of surly judgmental grumpy sort of pushing things off tables kind of (laughs) character (laughs) she's kind of like a how are you what's going on um so but i i think that does work because i feel like um the kind of humanoid and the cat uh sort of dichotomy perhaps works quite nicely um so yeah, I, I, I've really enjoyed playing as her so far. I feel like I could maybe work on more of bringing her backstory into what she's doing um, just to kind of flesh her out a little bit more. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like she maybe needs to to strengthen up a little bit as well because she's only got her ray gun and she's not the best shot. <laughs> no, that's the thing. I've I felt, um, uh, and I, I we'll, we'll touch on this in a bit, but... I felt uh, a little bad about that because for better or for worse, I think a lot of RPGs are based around combat. Mm -hmm. Mm. And obviously Capella is so obviously our bruiser and Rituar is pretty strong as well. So it isn't easy being like the, the weaker physically weaker member of the team. But yeah, so I I think, um, yeah, I am being an engineer, you know, she she can come up with perhaps more ingenious ways to do something that isn't that isn't fighting. I really enjoyed when the garden seed had uh, escaped our clutches <laughs> down in the sewers, and we were all doing something, and I was sort of catching all the falling bits oh, yeah. in my cape, <laughs> trying not to drown. <laughs> Just after uh, Capella had made potentially the biggest mistake of just plunging all of her career. energy. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I, I do like um the dynamic that's developing between the three the three characters where because it's like you all independently came up with a character and i guess much like how people randomly come together to be a team or a crew anyway mm-hmm. it seemed like you all had so little in common yeah like why why would you ever work together and yet the idea that over these few adventures the three of you have kind of got this little dynamic going where like I do like how Rixuar is basically a sociopath. And um <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> But the amount of occasions where like Lynette has tried to start negotiating like mm-hmm. t- terribly yeah. about something <laughs> and and Rituar has just basically like picked her up and kind of like 
<laughs> moved her off frame. But it's basically. like it's like Ritua and and Lynette are, are two sides of this this horrible coin that <laughs> that, <laughs> that unchecked. Mr. Perfect. <laughs> well, no. This, my point is is that that Capella's far from perfect, but her almost her role is to be that fulcrum point that you two just balance off of uh-huh. in a funny sort of way. Because like if we go with Lynette's way, then. You, you, you sort of naively <laughs> sometimes <laughs> try and take us into a place that it's, you, we're just going to die. And then Ritua is just going to offend everyone. And there's, <laughs> but, but there's somewhere between those two roads, it, like it might actually work. And maybe Capella is just like the avatar <laughs> of that. I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I do need to, and I, I'll, I'll be better at this going forward. And um, Bucks, uh, I do need to remember, I, I made a note of it. And then I don't think it really came up. You know, you each have like a passive ability, which is kind of always in the background. Like Ritua's, you've got your supervision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Capella's got this harmony power. Yeah. Um, but uh, Lynette, of course, you have hackles. Mm-hmm. You'd, um, you'd chosen that power. So technically you do have a kind of like spider sense. Mm. And I was trying to think whether I'd ever actually kind of like employ uh, employed that like throughout the story. And I don't think I did. So I'll have to... Yeah, I don't bit... think it, on this arc we did. I think on the previous one we did. But um, sometimes it's not always going to be appropriate or useful. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I don't hold that against you that I didn't get to use <laughs> my ability. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for talking to the engine as well. Because yeah, that, <laughs> that, was, that was completely like, like, after you got out of the vault, uh, and then things started blowing up. I was kind of like, okay, I, I have no idea what's going on here. We'll just kind of like <laughs> play it by ear and see see how it goes. What, even the, um, is it the captain? Was he the captain? I can't yeah. remember his name. Oh God, what was his name? We've, we've literally only just recorded this. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like a few days ago, but. <laughs> uh, he, he was called something like Captain, like, um, sweetie cake or something like yeah, that um, something, something like, like that, that. Yeah. no he was completely he was like that was that was more like, and that was like, as an example of like flying by the seat of your pants i was kind of like well you've got to get to the engine i suppose and then i was like but we haven't fought anyone in a while but maybe we should fight someone <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, we kind of pulled this guy out and then suddenly he went from being just like oh he'll just be a minion for you to fight and suddenly the poor guy was kind of like <laughs> being dragged along i mean he took a hammer to the head or to the yeah <laughs> like, yeah well capella. he threw a hammer at capella didn't he and she just caught it and threw yeah. it back in <laughs> we're definitely the good guys you but didn't actually, leave him to die that's true we didn't which means we are the good guys um that's true. uh that takes me uh, if it's okay, into quite a good place to talk about Capella. Yeah, Be- please do. Because it was that fight, I think, where I really felt like her role really sort of meant something and came into its own. Because I think we've we've struggled a bit over the time of making this game of like balancing power level. And I remember at the very in the very first arc, I could just do anything. And I think I detonated <laughs> at one point, blew out a whole floor of a ship with a shockwave. <laughs> You know, and then the next second I couldn't raise a fist. It it was very obviously kind of seat seat of our pants then. And then I think season two, we were sort of like we we toned her in. And I remember we talked about this in the sort of nights episode after that. We were like she was almost too weak then. And so now we'd sort of gone too far the other way. And I really felt like this was a moment where Capella was really frustrated, was really upset. 
and would have been a time that she stood up and went, you know what, I've had enough and just went to town with her, with her sort of her whole thing, which is being the muscle. And if she can't do that, then it's sort of like, what kind of what is she for in her own opinion, kind of. So the fact that she could and that she did really like own that fight was really satisfying for me. And I think also for Capella as well, because it was like, this is what she's for. <laughs> and it just it felt really good that moment. The things you did to those muffin minions were uh, best loved said. Yeah, horrendous, horrendous, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> A fist through the back of the face. <laughs> back of the face. <laughs> We've all got a back of face. It's just usually we don't get introduced to it quite so viciously. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, yeah. I mean, if uh, Retour, uh, what are your I thoughts? Why do you keep referring to me as Ritua? No, I mean, hello, Ritua. That was How like that was like Ritua, like hanging proposition, uh-huh. and then like, okay. what, what are, are your, your thoughts, thoughts Lucy? <laughs> <laughs> I was looking um, at your face, and I forgot that that doesn't come across uh, on in audio. Sorry. Yeah. I I mean I I feel like this arc in particular, and I think I probably got inklings of it during the Court of Heem. I. I very much like I'm hearing Ritual's voice now. Mm. It's like I know exactly how he would react to any situation instantly. Like I know, I know what he would do, and therefore I do that. Um, <laughs> it's like so I I feel like if nothing else, his character has reached a point where it's consistent enough that there is no question as to how he would react to any given situation. It just <laughs> it's. <laughs> Usually it's tried to punch something, yeah. but it has on occasion just been, you're annoying and in my way, so I'm just going to do whatever I need to do to move you, and then I'm <laughs> going to carry on. Like, <laughs> and I think that's really like, Ritual doesn't seek out violence exactly, it's just that people keep getting in his way. Mm. <laughs> it's a quick problem solver. <laughs> it is. It's like, these people aren't worth my vast intellect, so I'm just going to punch them, and then when they don't want to be punched anymore, I can carry on doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah. I cannot imagine thinking of Rutua's backstory why anyone in his tribe would have thrown him off. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, canonically he he pretty much just annoyed everyone on the on the um citadel enough to get him sentenced to death and oh, just yeah. get thrown off the citadel. Um and then a cuckoo ship picked him up before he hit something that ate him. <laughs> and immediately regretted their decision. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, yeah, then they foisted him off onto yeah. a future legend. Oh god! He doesn't. Even, he doesn't exactly have a home, like as we saw in the, um, the kind of the the convoy interlude episodes. He doesn't have anywhere else apart from yeah. the future legend. Like that is that cabin is his home, and so he probably doesn't have that much, and therefore has just been able to pack up everything into a bag and move on whenever it gets too irritating in whatever location he's in right now. He's got Taciturn Philip. Yeah, he's got Taciturn <laughs> We'll Phillip. all have Taciturn Philip. <laughs> we'll always <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, one... Uh, speaking of characters, like, one thing which I think I definitely didn't pan out how I would have hoped is um, Ocus... Like, really. um, I, I really, I, I, I think I just really didn't develop his kind of role in this enough. Because <clears throat> um, I really wanted there to be a sense that I want you all to get the impression that there was somebody like also like working against you or kind of like work, scenes, so. working, yeah, behind the scenes. I was um, convinced it was Feathers Rotary. 
Pepper's yes. Yeah. I mean, to some extent, you did achieve that because when we found the janitor's closet and that was open and we found the lockpick tools and everything, I, for the rest of the game until we met Ocus, had in the back of my head, someone's up to something. Like, mm. I didn't know who it was. And I, like Lucy, thought it was potentially Feathers and that he was this international <laughs> man of mystery, which he kind of turned out to be. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like you did to some, like maybe all you needed was to plant that initial seed and that was enough. I don't know about the other guys, but I, that's I how think I, felt. I, I think I could have reinforced it a bit. And sure. then certainly at, the, certainly at the end, like I kind of imagined that Ocus would play a bigger role, like you kind of spend more time with him. And then it just didn't really kind of pan out. And yeah. like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have taken away from what the three of you were doing. So that was fine. So I think like if, if things have to kind of like, if I, if Ocus like falls by the wayside a little bit, that's not the end of the world. Like I kind of imagine he's stuck around on the ship now. Okay, so cool. what I wanted to do was to introduce a new character to the crew who then joins you. And the idea that we'd write him up as a, as a playable character as well. So, so he'd be there as well. Either say if we ever wanted to like swap around and like I would play a character or mm -hmm. whatever, sure. Or or even just if one of the three of you wanted to, you know, try swap something out. different at one point and oh, take cool. like a different character. So that yeah, it we should do that. Yeah, it, it wasn't like a. It definitely wasn't meant to be like oh every adventure you're going to pick up a new person, but although I do quite like have. that as well. But we have, it, totally it kinda, have so far. Yeah, it kind of has. Yeah, like um. Dirty Pete and um, Aaron One. Aaron, Aaron One. One. Yeah. Poor the thing old is, Aaron One. is that although you say that, I think I think there's a really cool mechanic to the idea that unlike potentially other RPGs, we have a ship, and it's not especially believable that the crew consists entirely of us three and a tree, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is believable because you know this is our story and it's our world, and we can do what we want. But at the same time, it's like I really like the idea of building a crew for the ship. You know, and that that in its own way develops the ship itself and also what the ship can do because there's people on board it now who can maybe pilot it or, you know, do you know what I mean? Like it's a constantly evolving gamescape because of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going yeah, to I... um, gather everyone in the canteen one day and start a conversation with all the NPCs. <laughs> 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 and what do you think, Just uh, for you, John. One? And what do you think, Timber? <laughs> I do think, like, I, I've, like... And then I'll leave I the could, room. I, 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 may, I, I may say that, like, Timbar's brush with poisoning may have, like, altered his voice in some way because it's like, I've got, I've got a Cockney voice, I've got my Hollywood producer voice, and then <laughs> that's about it. And I was like, these guys, like, I, I need to... Yeah, like, Mr. Yes, fine. You know, that's, that's no bother. But like uh, Timbar's got to kind of stand out, you sure. know, and uh, so yeah, we'll. Um, but no, it's. I like the idea that you're kind of like you're growing, you're growing your kind of family, and something I'd like to explore in kind of like future stories yeah. is the ship, you know, and kind of like and how you interact with it and customize it, and maybe even how you pilot it. That you would know, be when... really fun to have some parts of the game where we played on board. Mm. Yeah, I think that would be really exciting. And I think a mechanic we could definitely kind of develop in the future would be customizing the ship kind of like making it your own and how all your roles would actually yeah equate to the the ship as a whole because i think mm. that's a really unique mechanic which we just haven't had an opportunity to explore yet but no, the idea no, that of course the idea that if anyone was building a team the idea that you would have a captain you would have the muscle 
you know, you would have the engineer and the idea that like maybe the muscles powers are better actually like, you know, fist fighting and all that and being in a fight. But like if you are the engineer and say like there's a whole separate mechanic for like ship battles Mm. and all that, you know, there could be like a, you know, the idea that Ali, you could actually be actively fixing the ship while yeah. you're doing stuff like that would be that would be really cool that's awesome that would be yeah. amazing yeah <clears throat> yeah well um before we do, is there anything else we'd like to say about the last arc because i've got we we do have some new mechanic-y kind of stuff to discuss yeah which i'd like to bring to the table mm. yeah okay all, yeah all i was gonna say is that sparkle fury is not finished no yeah 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 i i I kind of like, yeah, because I think it could have ended a few few ways. And like, uh, I kind of wish we'd shown, I I wish I'd shown a little more of Sparkle Fury. I guess one of kind of like the problems of going into the casino as I planned and then going into the vault is that the vault is like a pocket universe. So you're kind of removed from that scenario. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. it's, It's like in hindsight, there's always a few things you do differently. But like... Yeah, Sparkle Fury isn't gone. <laughs> and you've gone and pissed her off royally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I kind of like, I, I, I was trying to, I was thinking about it at the end, like I kind of had had it in mind that maybe you'd go back to the future legend and you might have a kind of interaction with Mr. Yes and Mr. No. But again, we were coming to the end of quite a mammoth kind of session and I think we needed to kind of like wrap it up. Um, but And that's fine. But I was like, well... You've kind of come between two rival criminal organizations. Mm. And I was like, well, which one are you going to be <laughs> on the wrong side of at the end of it? Because, <laughs> you know, I was thinking like, you know, oh, do, do we have time to do like a clever switcheroo? And then you're going to piss off Mr. Yes and Mr. No or something like that. Yeah. But as it happens towards the end, it was like, well, no, we actually just need to like draw a line under this now because it's <laughs> coming to an end. But like, I imagine we'll see Mr. Yes and Mr. No again at some point. That'll be good. And at the same time, yeah, like Sparkle Fury, you know, developing, developing storylines and all mm. that. Like, yeah, I'm sure she'll be back. <laughs> cool. Okay, so um, now since <laughs> since last we met, uh, and in keeping with social distancing and everything, <laughs> uh, we chucked a goodwill package through your window through the, through the window yeah it took out so much glass but um yeah we've boarded uh, that up now and, and here we are with the package okay so i'm just gonna uh yeah so i've been thinking a lot about the mechanics of the game since we last played mm. and to build on what we were just talking about you know let's say like what worked what didn't what worked well or whatever um I don't know if you would have noticed in playing, but kind of like DMing, I kind of realized that the, the the dice mechanic and primarily the combat wasn't really working. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because right, it's evolved a bit. The original idea was, and for anyone listening at home, um, we have custom D6 dice. So... Um, they have blank sides. And for the longest time, we've been playing with a D6 dice that has two blank sides, two sides that read one, and two sides that read 
two. It's a D3, mm. essentially, really. Essentially, yeah, sorry, you're mm. right. Yeah, essentially a D3 where one of the options is a zero. And the idea was that originally, uh, as Lucy envis- envisaged, I can't speak, as Lucy imagined <laughs> it, um, you would roll, you know, a uh, certain amount of dice to attack. Someone defending would roll uh, dice as well. And then the difference would be the damage. Mm-hmm. And we very quickly ditched that because it wasn't quite working. Mm. So then we started out, I, I tried adding like this more complex system where you calculated the difference and then referred to a chart. And then that said the damage. And I think I think one of the things I really found DMing is that um, if I wasn't fudging it behind the scenes to make it kind of entertaining for you guys, it just wouldn't work. Mm. Right. And, I, I, and I think one of the problems is that I mean, um, Ali, you mentioned how you felt like with Lynette, you couldn't do a lot of damage. Like yeah. you you try something, it just wouldn't really work out. Mm-hmm. And I think it, I had to think about something like the maths and the statistics of it. And I think just the way that worked with when somebody was rolling against you and you were calculating like the differences, it just wasn't really in your favor. Yeah. I think all of you, the Ogs were always against you to actually do anything meaningful yeah it did often feel yes. a little like that yeah and i suppose the difficulty is that if we each that as the three of us if we were facing three similarly sized uh foes we might stand a chance but if as the three of us we were facing one big powerful foe the difficulty there is that that big powerful f- foe might have six or seven die that it's rolling and as individuals doing individual actions, we can never beat that. No, yeah, you would but, um, never be able to. As do a anything. team, we still there's no advantage to that. There could be ten of us, and still on our individual actions, we will never bring yeah. anything down that's bigger than ourselves. So that's yeah, that's where I feel that the imbalance was. Oh, for sure, and and I think more than anything, it has to be it has to be fun, and yeah. it has to be simple. Yeah. And and it kind of um, occurred to uh, Lucy and I have been chatting about this and it occurred to us that in every iteration we've added something. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think now is the time to take some stuff away ah. okay. to kind of, to streamline it. So with that in mind, um, I've made some new dice, which I've, I've, I've given you. Yes. So now these are slightly different in that they are still D6s, but three sides are blank and three sides have a dot on them. Mm. So the idea is that we're still dealing with low numbers. Like uh, a, a single dot counts as a one. What's different this time is, on the one hand, I've done away with a defense stat. So when you attack someone now, Nobody is rolling against you mm-hmm. and okay. that there, there is no, so it's not even a dice roll or there's no fixed dice stat. So when you roll, your success, well, be it an attack or be it an action, is entirely judged on your own roll okay. and, no, and nobody rolling against you. Okay. What makes it weird now is that we have different colored dots mm-hmm. on yeah. the dice. So the idea is that the rolls will work will work in this system. And I've been doing a lot of number crunching to try and make sure this actually makes a bit of sense. But you still roll dice equal to your stat in whatever you're doing. Okay. 
And now we have a different success chart that says if you roll a zero, it's a fail. Okay. Any roll with dots on it, you count those dots and then you apply it to the success chart. So if you roll one dot, that's okay. That's an okay success. Mm -hmm. If you roll two dots, that's good. That's a good success. Anything more than two is amazing. Right. So that's a bit it's a bit like the success chart we used to have. But I had on the it's weird, the weird thing is on the success chart we used to have, you'd roll, work out the difference, essentially divide it by two to get like to get the answer, which yeah. was getting like quite convoluted. And I was like, well, why divide it by two? Why not just make the numbers lower? Yeah. So we don't need to go through this. Mm. But what's weird now is we have these green dots and we have the red dots. So every dice, every die has one red dot and two green dots. They both count as a point. Sure. But when, So when you roll, you just count the numbers of dots and ignore the colors to work out what your score is. However, if you have any red dots visible, you have succeeded at a cost. This is good. I like this. This is good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this means that, again, you're not rolling against someone. So I'm not defending as the DM or there's no challenge rating. It's not like you need to roll a three to succeed. Mm -hmm. You just roll yourself and you are essentially your own enemy. (laughs) <laughs> so you will never so there is basically nothing stopping you doing a thing unless you roll zero yeah if you roll with any combination of dots you have succeeded but the level to which you have succeeded will vary right. yeah and and like so so what we're saying is so now if you roll a one in you attack someone you rolled a one congratulations you did you did okay yeah you know uh, uh if you roll you roll a two. Congratulations. You did good, kid. You did good. But again, if you have those red dots or any combination of red dots, it means that I, as a DM, I can inflict a cost upon you. Mm-hmm. So you get to do what you want to do. However, now I can say something bad also happens. Does it like, matter yeah, like how that. many red dots there are? So if you roll three and all of them are red, is that really bad? Yeah, yes. So now, so the, the, the funky kind of buzzwords I'm throwing around are, if you roll any red dots, yeah. so if you, even if you have just one red dot, that, comes, that means there's a cost. If you roll nothing but reds, so if everything is red, yeah. not even, like, exclu- you know, there's not even any blanks, it's just pure red, mm-hmm. you've suffered a misfortune, Ooh. which is really bad. And that's quite rare. Statistically, that's quite rare. Sure. But if, if you roll nothing but reds, I get to do something really bad to you. That's like the worst possible thing that could oh, happen. No. But do I... you still succeed? <laughs> you did doing... you just do it, Nick? I just did it. Oh, no. <laughs> what, with all six die? I rolled as if it, my strength stat was five. So I rolled five of them and I just got all reds. Oh, <laughs> and they're all reds. They're not all, fi- not all five of them. I only got two dice actually got a, a value, but they were both red. Ah, well, that's fine. That's fine then. So it's only if every dice is red. Oh, I see. So the blanks don't count. No, the blanks don't count at all. So you, right. so you've rolled. Actually, Nick, you have done a good. You did good, Nick. That's a good success. Yeah. But with a cost. Right. Cool. That I makes see. sense. I like it. So, 
Right. So the only the only the only exception to that rule, because every rule needs a, needs a good exception, <laughs> is that misfortune doesn't apply if you're only rolling one die. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's, that's fair cool. enough. That's the only thing. Uh, so so we've got this kind of success chart, and then there will also be certain circumstances where we have like it's super simple, where uh-huh. it's basically just fail or succeed. So yeah. you just have to roll one or Something. higher. Something. Yeah. Sure. But the cost still applies. So I've included some examples of costs. Yep. Um. You know. Uh. But it can be anything that takes my kind of fancies for DM. Oh, and no. I'll try to make it very story kind of driven yeah. in a way. So we'll say like, you know, oh, uh, basically it's around the lines of like, if you're fighting someone, I might say that like, you take damage as well. Or, yeah. um, you know, you punched them, but you hurt yourself in the process. Or like, you you punch someone, but then the floor gave way beneath you or something mm-hmm. like that. So there's always things you can kind of do. And... Um, yeah, oh, I was going to say, and on top of that, now this is where we come to the stats, and I've given you all a new character sheet mm. because I would like you to recreate your character. Now, some things have changed here because we're doing away with passive stats Yes. entirely. Okay. And also, rather than having eight stats... We're going down to just four. Okay. Can okay, I give so... a bit of context for this? I yeah, Lucy, this was, please dive this in. Was kind yeah. of, this was my minor contribution to the whole thing. Um, I was realising that we had these eight stats and I felt like they really did a good job at describing a character. Like it really kind of shows the, the variety of things a person could do. Yeah. But we were actually only ever rolling die for like four situations. Yeah. We were like rolling die for combat. We were doing deduction rolls. We were doing combat rolls. We were occasionally doing an inspiration roll, although not too much. Yeah. Um, we were only rolling strategy to determine turn order, really, that sort of thing. Yeah. So my thinking was just like, well, if we're not using these stats, just be rid of them. Well, like, yeah, I think very wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As I've as I've said before, my intention when I started working on this system was to make a system that's really sort of intellectually light so you can focus on actually playing the game mm-hmm, and yeah. as john said earlier i feel like every arc thus far we've been adding stuff yep and that's that kind of goes against that original idea yeah um, good idea so yeah so that's why we're just gonna just gonna get rid of all those stats anyway. Get <laughs> and um, do you think it's kind of open to context? So, for example, before we had power, uh, could have been uh, we had will and we had like physical strength. Yes. yes. But now we only have power. But for example, could there still be an opportunity uh, in a game where you need to make a kind of strength of will? Check. 100%. Yeah, so 100%. That, yeah. Oh, sorry, I haven't actually looked at the sheets. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No, no, 100% because, as, as Lucy rightly said, there was a ton of stats we weren't using. And we kind of like been taking a lot of inspiration from uh, Powered by the Apocalypse while mm-hmm. trying not to just copy them. And one thing they do really well is having minimal stats. Yeah. That really paring it down to just what you need, low numbers and minimal stats, mm-hmm. and and again, this it's exactly the same. Like as you're saying, Ali, like we split the four big stats into eight kind of minor ones anyway, so you can do the same in reverse. Like you know, I, I figure power, change, logic, and soul, which Nick came up with ages ago. I think for something uh, for unrelated, was it not? 
Nick, it was for yeah, it was I. Oh, I, can't, I think it was for the wall, wasn't it? Yeah, and I then we took the... we took that and applied it across the the extraverse as a whole. But yeah, it started out as just for the wall. Yeah, but they actually like thinking about it. Those four stats actually do perfectly describe a character. Mm. Yeah, and I love how they are both vague and specific at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So power is everything you'd expect it to be. Physical strength, combat, strength of mind. And the way I see it, it's you forcing your will onto something. Yeah. Be like that, that punching a person, breaking something, moving something. It's very uh, uh, high concept, like abstract in a way. Yeah. Change is changing something about the world and or yourself. So that can be everything from dexterity and agility to problem solving or being flexible, mm-hmm. like uh, how, how you might think around a problem. Logic, that's quite self-explanatory. Everything from like knowledge, intellect, science, memory, uh, kind of like the higher, <laughs> the arts, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, soul is charisma, connections, emotion, heart, that sort of thing. So that does mean we're losing inspiration but frankly that was like an under (laughs) no it was an underdeveloped mechanic and it does also mean we're losing strategy Mm -hmm. yeah uh but frankly i think we might actually just do away with that because i could never quite get strategy to work properly as a stat anyway sure the idea that you were doing complex moves with it and also we were kind of using it like you use initiative in D&D, just to determine order of play. Yeah. And if we're going for something which is lighter on the rules and more kind of story-driven, Lucy made a very good point that do you actually really need something to determine order of play? Mm. Like, if I assuming, I... assuming I haven't caught you all completely by surprise, and I'm like, okay, you've all just been shot in the back by, like, a mysterious assailant. Let's approach it more story-driven. So if I say, and then a wall explodes and a monster dives in, I want to know, like, in that split second, how would you all, what would you do rather than going, let's roll and see how you react. And I don't think, I don't think it's a massive sacrifice at this point. What I I find quite funny as well with with things like D&D, where you've got an initiative order, is I understand you need something like that in terms of, you know, if you're taking damage and die before you get a chance to do something, that makes sense. But really, everything's kind of taking place concurrently. At once. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. so it's not like I'm going to stand there and watch you attack with your sword and then I'll step forwards and cast a spell. It's kind of all happening at the same time anyway, so... Doesn't it say in the D&D rulebooks now that each turn, like each each go around is six seconds? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's all happening happening at the same... And, you know, if there's sort of six in your party plus two or three enemies... Yeah, there's no way that your turn of six seconds and then the next, you know, by the time it gets around to you, it's not like a minute's gone past. Yeah. (laughs) You haven't just been standing there staring at a wall. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I guess guess it's that you may change your strategy dependent on the person who came before you. Yeah. And that the person who goes first has the opportunity to potentially set the the mold as it were for how this thing is going to be handled yeah um but you're right essentially i think i think it could all so easily be done in storytelling and so often in things like D and other rpgs you know a dm might say something like oh what order are you going i think john actually you asked this a couple of times in um 
in this most recent arc what order are you going through that door in who's leading who's at the back kind of thing and the instant you ask that question that kind of determines there's going to be an encounter next well that's Mm. what the order is you know because it's Mm. it's been defined yeah and i think also something i need to do something i need to do a little uh be, be better at is when you do an action i need to let you tell me how it looks Oh, okay. You know, sure. like I, I, something I found myself doing, and I noticed it afterwards as well. It's like you'd roll, you'd get like an amazing result, and then I would tell you like what your character does, and I'm like, well, no, that should be your reward. Like <laughs> you did well, so you get to kind of say, this is how I'm doing, X, okay, mm. or or Y. So I was gonna say, so um, another little change is, like I said, uh, we used to have um a passive stat like if you're at a disadvantage you'd roll that kind of lower number um going back uh changing it up and going for a slightly different system of advantage and disadvantage so we might get a different different names for those down the line so we're not entirely uh, aping D. but if you have an advantage in something it means you can re-roll one die of choice mm. but you have to take the second result yeah, okay. Like that. You don't pick. You don't pick the higher. It's not kind of numerical in the same way. So you may choose to re-roll a red spot. Yeah. Uh, you may choose to re-roll a blank spot, but it might be worse. You know, yeah. it might kind of make it worse for you. And if I say you have a disadvantage at some at something, it means I, if you've rolled a green, you have to re-roll that die. Right. But you take the second result. It could be a green again, mm-hmm. and you'd be fine. Sure. That's cool. So, um, so the only other weird thing is, and this is a bit of an odd little, not really a stat as such, but you'll notice that there's a box on your character sheet called strength. Oh yeah. Yeah. For the time being, that's not a number. That's just a classification. You're basically weak or strong. Mm-hmm. Ah, and the right, only yeah. the only reason I say that is that's to determine uh, determine unarmed combat. Right. So we basically, we have a, um, for the time being, and again, you all have your weapons and everything, but the simplest option for the time being is if you are a weak character, if you do an unarmed attack, you do one damage. If you are a strong character, when you do an unarmed attack, you do two damage. Sure. And your unarmed attacks don't have the scaling, okay, good, amazing that uh, your weapons do. Mm-hmm. It's again. It's a reason why if you're in a pinch and you don't have your weapons, you'll still be able to attack. Yeah. But it has to be worse than having your weapons, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So, just reaching for another sheet here. If there's something we could do very quickly and on air, and again, I don't think this will take a massive amount of time. I was wondering if uh, Nick and Ali, you could assign your stats right now. Sure. To try and like rebuild. Lynette and Capella in this new system. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, so your health is still the same. So you still have eight for your health. Okay. But when it comes to character creation, I would like you to assign nine points between the four stats. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you've got a minimum of one and a maximum of five. Sure. And uh, Lucy, you've um, recently recreated Ritua. I have, yes. And you went for? Uh, I've got uh, Power of 3, Change of 1, Logic of 4, and Soul of 1. 
And I got those by basically dividing my existing stats in half for each of the major sort of groups uh, and then removing any 0.5s. <laughs> and again and again you don't have to do it as an exact conversion this could be an opportunity to reassess your character and how you feel about them like um lynette i would say that you know uh lynette's skills would be change kind of between change and maybe logic yeah you know i was thinking that and one thing i've tried to, and one thing I, I think which works fairly well with this system is that even if you only have one in a stat, you should still have a fighting chance to be able to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have only one die, you can obviously, you'll never be able to do any better than okay success, mm-hmm. but you will still be able to hurt people and do damage. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm hoping. So don't be disheartened if you you know you only ever if you have a low stat you still have a you still have a fair chance he said or a, a roughly fair chance sure like and i suppose and it, it, sorry um if you're adding weapons and things into that do, uh, will they offer bonuses so for example if you attack with a sword that adds an extra die or two to your yes. strength or, or power or something oh for sure yeah and and i think we'll get to we'll get to weapons in a sec but um mm. but yeah so i was going to say your weapons will definitely when it comes to combat, none of you will ever be hopeless just yeah. because your power is low. But it's interesting, like um, like Nick, I don't know how you feel about it, but do you again? If, if if people wanted, they could like have one really high stat at five, and then kind of just have the others middling, or you go, you could kind of just about specialize in two and have the other stats kind of low. That's what, what were you kind of thinking? Yeah, that's literally what you just said is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of going for um, one in logic and soul and then everything else into power and change. Um, ah, nice. Yeah, um, because I think like Capella's main thing is combat, but also like her agility and her ability to sort of physically react to things, whether it be strength-wise or like maneuverability, acrobatics, that sort of thing. So for me, uh, she's never been one to put a lot of merit in problem solving. She lets Lynette do that, and she's not charismatic. <laughs> so, well, um, I would, I, I would say, unless people feel differently about it, I would say that change would kind of cover problem solving. Okay, sure. Unless, unless I've, and again, th- this could be up for debate. But I was thinking, like, the yes, difference. I suppose be- you have written that. Yeah, that's true. The distinction yeah. between change and logic might be logic is. I guess kind of dry, quite dry, quite scientific. Like I kind of see like Retour in a weird way as having high logic but low change because he's which not I very do. flexible. Yeah. Which is what you've but, done, yeah. But he knows things. Well, yeah, it, where... I think it's still works because I think Capella's got that kind of street smart, like um, thinking quickly in a pinch. She's not like mm-hmm. clever, but she's maybe, maybe she gets the, it's like when she got the shape of Mr. Yes quite quickly when they were talking to him and realized how yes. she needed to talk yeah. to him. That was less because she's clever and more because she's dealt with people like him before kind of thing. And I think that that's her reaction. Well, like she reacts well to things. Well, on that, and again, I was going to say, and not to second guess you, because this is entirely your character, but does that, would that be the ability to read people and talk to people? Is that soul? You make a good point. You do mm. make a good point. Yeah. Again, no, and again, it's entirely your business. In fact, um, I just, I was just wondering how you, how you kind of felt about that. Yeah. But no, we can, if, if anything, we can, you know, now you know, 
kind of like how to roll up a character we could we could kind of leave that for a bit and you can kind of do that in your own time yeah. see how you see how you feel about it um one thing oh yeah and kind of um lynette nothing personal mm-hmm. sorry and again the blurring <laughs> of the lines between your characters and who you are ali nothing personal but i would suggest that lynette strength wise is weak yes what well, yeah absolutely um yeah i'd agree with that Unarmed, she's, she's, she's quite small um yeah unarmed especially she wouldn't put up any of a fight she, she would run away <laughs> Does Whereas... throwing Jason count as unarmed? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, we'll have to roll up Jason as a weapon or something like that. <laughs> but um Rixu and Capella, I would say that the two of you are probably classed as strong. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah. In unarmed. Okay. So um the things I'll say about weapons are so uh, if you turn over your handy dandy sheet. Yes. Uh this is the only real kind of big addition. Um we've reverted to each weapon having its own stats. Yep. Uh, but again, before we had like four different classes of success. It was like, okay, good, great, and amazing. And I was like, okay, that's getting a bit excessive. <laughs> so we only have three now. So you can do okay, good, or amazing. Yeah. And I was trying to think like, there's really only so many different combinations of three numbers you can do to make each weapon unique or special. So... To kind of like differentiate between the weapons, I've added a bit of flavor text to each weapon. So weapons have a range. You know, are they close or are they ranged? Like, you know, mm-hmm. are they for, can you throw them? Can you shoot them? But then they also might have a quality or in this case, a quirk. Okay. So I'm saying a quirk and I've come up with some terms here is like a special word that affects how that weapon performs. Like, for example, Rituar's spear is classed as cumbersome. Right. And that basically means that if I, as the DM, ever say that Rituar is in a confined space, he has disadvantage using Mm. that spear. Cool. Now, and Lynette, (laughs) Ali, hello. Uh, Sorry, (laughs) Your, your ray gun, you may notice that it doesn't scale. So your ray gun always does two. And I kind of imagine that's that because sense. it's a fixed mechanical thing. Like you can't squeeze the trigger harder to do more damage. Yeah, it still does the same amount of damage. Yeah, but just, I guess if I shot someone square between the eyes, <laughs> that would be an amazing shot. But if I shot them in the leg, you know. Yeah, and and it's kind of like, um, um, yeah, much like if you're playing like a video game, and sometimes you get like early game weapons and then late game weapons. Mm-hmm. Like when you're a low level character. So if your power was low, having a weapon that does a reliable standard amount of damage at all levels is better. Yeah. But then you're not getting the scaling benefit that maybe Capella would have for having her, you know, her physical strength being yes. higher. Yeah, sure. So, but I said that your ray gun has the quality of overheat. Mm-hmm. So if you... Uh, ever roll a partial success you get to do your attack but then your ray gun is too hot to use on your next turn okay so so then it then it cools down again you can use it so if you ever roll a red uh partial success you kind of miss a turn with it but then it gets back on back in the game Mm -hmm. your wrench is a fairly i've got to say as a weapon is a fairly boring little weapon 
as in it's just a thing you can hit people with, but it does give you those extra abilities to uh, kind of interact with machinery and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, and then Nick, uh, again, to try and differentiate between your wish gauntlets and your wish sword. And I'm sorry for to forever be changing the rules on these for no, how they good. work. It's all good. Um, the way I've come up with it is your wish gauntlets do more damage. They have the potential to do higher damage. Yep. Your wish sword uh, does lower damage. But I've said that your gauntlets have the quality of brutal. Right. And your wish sword has the quality of deft. Right. So, again, we'll see how this pans out. I'm very open to people's thoughts on this. But I'm saying that your swords always have advantage. Okay, cool. Because they are deft. So you get you always get the opportunity to re-roll a dice of cho- one die of choice when you use them. Um, your wish gauntlets are brutal. So I'm saying that they have the potential to do more damage. But on a partial success you will take some damage. Right. Because I'm in there, I'm in the fray. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know how people feel about those in general. I imagine for weapons, there'll be a lot of refinement to Mm. getting them how we want. Just from an initial look, this, I think, could be that... It could have that fun quality you're talking about. I think the roles could start to be... They could be more fun. Like, just Mm. the idea of... Thinking about, for example, the swords with their deft quality and therefore having advantage. The idea of rolling, seeing all red dots, panicking for a second, but then remembering I can re-roll one of them and and take the second roll. I think there's something really gamey. There's something really exciting about that. Like I'm starting to gamble a little bit more. I'm starting to decide risks fee rewards rather than just roll your dice because you have to because that's what it is kind of thing. There's yeah. There's more to it. There's layers of fun to it, which I think sounds really good. Yeah. I agree. I think um, the only thing I'd say on first inspection is that the um, unarmed strike for someone who's strong is higher than using than an okay result with the sword. That's a very good point you bring up. <laughs> uh, although it doesn't have advantage, mm-hmm. uh, I, but yeah, again, this is where I think refinement will come in and. For the time being, we could certainly just say that you don't do unarmed. Like nobody can do something unarmed um, <laughs> until we until we can work out a system for yeah. how that would work. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I was think really that's, tough the, that's the difficulty of dealing with such low numbers, isn't it? Is that you yeah. can't take one away. You know, yeah. there's only so low you can go. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and yeah, and a hundred percent. Like it, it's so much simpler only dealing in like ones or twos or threes. But yeah, you can see why having a d twenty gives you so yeah. much more. Yeah gradation i mean and it also potentially means we could have like weird weapons where it does like one one six or yeah. something stupid like that like That'd it be does quite amazing yeah. high level damage but only <laughs> if you can and i guess the thing with there. the stats is like uh and lucy pointed out this when we were talking about it off air where you get um you get an amazing success when you roll higher than a two so really, it could be said, there's not much advantage to having more than three dice mm. in any scat. However, because you've always got the chance of rolling blanks, having more dice does give you more chance of getting that amazing result. Sure. Yeah. So there is an advantage, but at the same time, there's no overt benefit to rolling five dots 
that you know you don't get anything special for doing that yeah if that makes sense but as long as you've got more than more than well you've got three or higher then hey yeah you've done it that's like an amazing amazing mm-hmm. success basically sounds great i'm really excited to play with this yeah. i think this is going to be really interesting yeah okay well my, my question to you all right now is because i know you're kind of like toying with like your character creation do you each at least have a power stat yes yes okay well grab your dice uh because <laughs> uh uh quick scene setting oh i don't know uh something happens and something the three happens. of you <laughs> something amazing happens something Ooh, incredible. Oh. i can't it's describe like I'm really there <laughs> and uh the three of you uh Rixua, lynette and capella you you've barely had time to settle back onto the future legend because fuck it i don't know it's happening right now and uh suddenly there's a swirl of 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 magical mists and you find yourselves uh, each of you, you now find yourself standing atop a massive stone pillar which rises high above a desert. Nice. And uh, sun is beating down above you and you have no idea how you came here. And I check for the teleport pad. <laughs> you check for the teleport pad. There is no... Te- the teleport pad was inside you all along. Oh, that was... Like, you, just had, you just had to believe. Oh, I thought that um, was indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> and you... Um, you uh you hear a grinding of stone on stone and ahead of you uh three stone circles sink down into uh this uh platform you're on this giant elevated platform and then when they rise again there are three dudes standing uh, not one dude. uh the, these three dudes are standing one on each uh each of these little discs and uh, you'll have to imagine how these dudes look. I uh, I really don't have the uh... <laughs> really. I really don't care right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm really not. One of them um... looks like a Lego man. Yeah. One of them looks like a Lego man. Yeah. The other looks like uh, Detective Columbo. <laughs> and uh, the other one uh, is a is a giant dolphin man. Who has the body of a of a, a, a muscle beach weightlifter and the head of a dolphin, a bottlenose dolphin? <laughs> Can anyone make an effective dolphin sound? No. The answer is no. no. <laughs> Damn it. And he goes, and he goes. Why? Why would you assume that I make a dolphin noise? <laughs> that is that is very offensive towards my people. <laughs> uh okay and um okay so yeah so you have uh, uh colombo uh who reaches into his overcoat and draws a gun you have lego man who uh has a um who has a uh i'm just gonna say he's got his his fists he's got his mitts up in front of him mitts and up. um and you've got the dolphin man who is uh wielding a axe, a big old axe, and the three of you, them kind of um, lumber towards you. Uh, what do you do? Um, okay, I think Capella uh, runs into action and mid-jump summons two wish swords, one in each hand. Okay, and are you attacking? I am attacking. I'm going to attack Dolphin Man. You're going to attack Dolphin Man? Okay, make me an attack. Okay, here we go. Okay, I've got two dots. I've got a red and a green. 
Okay, so that is a good uh, good success uh, yeah. with a cost. So what does good with your swords do? So that's two damage. Okay, so uh, the dolphin man takes uh, two, uh, two damage. Yes. Uh, oh, you do have advantage with your swords. Oh, of course, yeah. I was, th- yeah. So I could. So, you can... so I've rolled two blanks and a green and a red. So I could. You could re-roll a blank if you wanted, or you could re-roll your red. I'm going to re-roll a blank. Okay. And it worked out. I got another red, but that's not all of them. So that's three now. Okay. So you, so what is what's amazing damage with your swords? Amazing damage with swords is three. Okay, you do three damage to the bro. However, that is a mixed success. So uh, while um, while you slash at this dolphin uh, across <laughs> his chest, uh, he goes, "You cut me! You made me bleed my dolphin blood, which is the same color as yours, you racist!" And then he um, and he uh, he grabs you, Lynette. Uh, lifts you off. Lift, okay. uh, Capella, who are you? Sorry, no, he grabs Lynette because he hates oh, no. he hates people who are prejudiced towards dolphins. <laughs> And uh, no, he, uh, he, um, he picks you up, Capella, and he uh, chucks you and uh, you kind of skid and slide backwards along uh, along the stone. Okay, Derek. Okay. Uh, the um, Columbo is going to whip out uh, his gun and he's going to shoot. Uh, he's going to shoot at Rituwa. Oh, wow. And he hits you, Rituwa, for two damage. Ooh, that's Yay. Nice. <laughs> well, that was irritating, so I'm going to do a stabbings on him. Yes, okay. do a stabbings. I'm assuming that the top of a pillar in a desert doesn't count as an enclosed space. No, you've got all, <laughs> all the space in the world. Cool, I'm going to attack. Uh, and that is a two with a one red. Okay, so uh, your spear does... What uh, on a good? On a good three. does three. Sorry, and you were attacking Columbo, were you? I was attacking Columbo, yeah. Okay, right. I'm going to aim for the blind side. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear me. And that was a... Uh, and there was a cost to that, wasn't there? Yes. Okay, um, yeah, you... Um, yeah, you scab Columbo, but uh, Columbo's uh, kind of uh, lightning-fast uh, reflexes... Uh, means that he is able to uppercut you, Rituwa, and he kind of like uh, slams his fist uh, upwards into your chin, and you take uh, one damage. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Lynette. Yes. Do I have my ray gun? You do have your ray gun. Brilliant. Um, I have a question. Um, so my strength is going to be one, which means I'm rolling one die. Um, yeah. And... So I can never get higher than a one. No, that is, is that true. Ha- okay. That is true. Yes. Okay. All right. Let's roll this then. That is a blank. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, uh, you miss. <laughs> the, the shot goes flying far over. It was a warning shot. Can I just clarify this? Like, obviously, Ali is using power to... Yeah. To, to... Yes. Um... We've previously said that the Dex. gun was dexterity based, which is a change thing. And I'm I'm suggesting now that any form of attack now comes from power. Because you're forcing mm. things to go your way. 
Yeah. I yeah. see. Yes, that is true. No, I think yeah, let's let's keep playing it out, yeah. see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Although I'm I'm not trying to change his head into being exploded. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. I'm, I'm in, that inflicting I'm inflicting a skaters change here. Yeah. Um <laughs> But also, um, Lynette, this is the beauty of... Sorry, Ali, good God. Uh, Lynette, <laughs> I'm talking... This is God talking to you. Um, this is um, the beauty of your ray gun, is that even though you can score no higher than a one mm. on your power, the damage is fixed. So this your ray true. gun will never do more than two damage anyway. It's very true. Yeah. So on, I, I didn't actually give any description. I just said, I rolled zero. Um, so Lynette took aim at the Lego man... Um, closed one eye, stuck a tongue out, loosed a shot. I don't know if you can loose a shot from a ray gun. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it goes completely wide and there's a second of panic on her face and then she decides, yeah. Yeah, there's more where that came from. <laughs> um, okay, uh, as, as that shot goes, kind of like fly and, and the Lego man's head kind of like uh, rotates to kind of like uh, look at it go. And then... His head doesn't turn back and his arms start kind of uh, cartwheeling wildly and he charges <laughs> towards you, Lynette, and he attacks you, swinging his big Lego fists. Oh, no. Uh, and he should, have t- he should have changed his head back because uh, he, he walks right past you, uh, kind of swinging his arms and misses entirely. Uh-huh. And, um, and uh, the dolphin man, who's clutching his axe, goes... Leonard, you idiot, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, he, uh, the dolphin man, uh, charges after you, Capella, and swings his axe towards you. Okay. And rolls and uh, misses. And uh, the axe uh, kind of uh, is coming down towards your head, but uh, maybe you're able to like roll out of the way because that axe just kind of like uh, goes sticking right into the stone. Brilliant. Uh, Capella, what are you doing? Uh, after rolling deftly to the side, she will uh, launch upwards from her sort of sprung tiger-like state and uh, go for another slash across his huge target of a beefy chest. <laughs> Here we go. That's a two, all green. So don't forget, don't forget your advantage. Oh yeah, I am forgetting it, and that's what I just said. I love so much about this system. Uh, it's another blank. So that is two greens, which is a good... That's two with no consequence. Nice, yeah. So you slash him and, uh, yeah, he is... Uh, yeah, he, uh, he, he uh, kind of uh, kind of shudders and is, is, uh, is not looking good. Uh, Columbo uh, sees that uh, there's a murderer <laughs> kind of attacking his friend and uh, levels his gun at you, Capella. And uh, fires. Okay. Uh, here comes Columbo. Here comes Columbo. Oh yeah, that's a good shot. And oh, uh, no. yeah, yeah, uh, uh, shoots you, uh, and you take uh, two damage. Yoke. Ritua, what are you thinking? Uh, I feel like the Columbo might be the da- the uh, dangerous one here, so I'm going to attack him again. <laughs> okay. Oh, that is two with one red. Okay, so uh, sorry, so it's two overall. Two overall, yeah. So three. Okay, damage. yeah. So it's three yes. damage. So you do, uh, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. So yeah, you um, describe this to me as you charge and attack uh, Columbo. Well, he's all lining up, like looking at Capella, like with his 
very badly aimed gun, or very well aimed gun, rather it was, wasn't it? Turned out, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just literally going to, like, pole vault sort of thing, like, just run (laughs) at him with my spear. (laughs) Wait, so you're launching into the air? No, I'm, 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 I mean, Columbo would be shorter than me. So I'm not bothering. So it's but like I a am pre, kind of aiming high. I'm going to like, vaulter, like pre, yeah. before they vault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm doing the run right. up. Bit. Doing the run up. Bit, and, yeah. Um, I'm basically going to go for his sort of right shoulder, the shoulder that would be aiming the gun. Ooh. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you barrel uh, towards uh, this eight foot tall uh, atar uh, barrels <laughs> towards uh, beloved TV actor uh, <laughs> Peter Falk, and you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you uh, you skewer him like you actually like you your such is the force uh, that you lift him off the ground on the end of your spear. It's like a joust. And And, uh, you keep charging. And uh, as you uh, reach the end of this kind of platform we're on, um, you uh, you drop his body off, uh, and uh, you see uh, Columbo kind of spiraling down. (laughs) the edge of his giant scone platform. And as he hits the ground, miles below the desert floor, there's an explosion of pure <laughs> Columbo energy, which kind of like uh, rushes out. And actually, you, as you see that explosion far below, it does kind of like break the foundations of the tower you're standing on. And there's a horrible kind of, you feel it kind of lurch slightly. Uh, oh no! Good work, Ratua. Uh, so is that me making making something worse? Or... That's the cost. The cost yeah. is that you destroyed the foundation of the tower you're on <laughs> with fine. that pure Columbo. This isn't fiction. All all detectives are just bursting with Columbo energy, it's you know. True. And, yeah, it's a and Columbo had the most. He's like the, he's like Jet Li's the one. Like he killed so many other Columbos to kind of like absorb their energy. Um, Lynette. Um, You've just seen uh, Ritual kind of chuck beloved TV detective Columbo off the edge of a giant scone pillar. Mm -hmm. And this Lego man is uh, turning with his kind of like spinning arms and his turning head. What do you do? How close is he to the edge? Uh... He's uh he's maybe like uh six foot away. He's turning okay. to face you. Fair enough. Okay. Well, in that moment when he's not looking at me, I'm gonna take another shot. I'm guessing he's not that far away from me. No, not massively. No. Yeah. So just sort of aiming for the torso, biggest target. Especially That's on Lego a one, man. and it's a green. Hey! Yes. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So you shoot him uh right in his giant broad lego chest and uh yeah he takes uh he takes the blast kind of uh dead center and takes That's two uh, damage two damage yeah and uh he looks a bit unsteady like he's kind of wobbling on his feet a bit um but he he is able to recover and uh, as he kind of like as he twists his head back into um into like eccentric position he actually uh looks down at his at his chest and he he takes off his kind of smiley head uh-oh. And he he picks up an angry head oh, which no. is nearby, and he kind of puts that and he puts that down on top of his little head stump, and he chucks Aww. he chucks the happy head towards you, Lynette, <laughs> like a bowling ball, like a bowling ball, <laughs> and he uh, and it uh, hits you for one damage, Ooh. right Ooh. in the. Yeah, it's sort of winded me right in the chest. Ooh. 
Um, the dolphin man uh, is not looking good, but he uh, he lifts uh, his his mighty axe high, and uh, he screams uh, he screams at you, Capella, and goes, uh, "I only came here to flex!" And he <laughs> he swings the axe down towards you, and uh, yeah, kind of like a, like a, a last Herculean effort. And uh, yeah, he uh, hits. He hits you for three damage. Three damage. Whoa. Okay. Cool. Three damage with his with his big old axe. Okay. Uh, Rixua. Oh no, sorry, no Capella. Uh, what are you thinking? Um. Oh, that was. Oh, that one smarted. She. Uh, she sort of clutches the wound. That sort of big, big bloody wound across one of her arms, and uh, looks up at him and just goes, "I've had enough of this flexing. Let me show you some of mine." And oh, and I'll do my advantage. Hey, there we go. That's an amazing strike with a cost. So that's three damage. Okay. <laughs> um, you um, yeah. Uh, talk me through this as you. Uh, how? What is this blow looking like? Um, this is this is a uh, a realization that she's got to think a little on her feet. So she runs past him sort of almost anime style and as she sort of sprints past him almost like a blur she stops on the other side only for a squirt of blood to just appear across one of the back of his like legs as she struck him as she went past okay um he he uh yeah he's kind of like standing there and suddenly this bloody line and like this this uh burst of blood comes out of him and uh, time kind of slows for the poor dolphin man. <laughs> and he thinks back of like all those many hours spent flexing in the sun and going away to Flex Academy and how proud his, his whole kind of pod were. And um, cherry blossoms kind of uh, drift through the air and he, and he, and he, he pauses and, and goes, until this moment, did I ever really know life? And then he uh, explodes uh, and uh, in, in viscera everywhere oh yeah this this spray of blood goes right over you capella uh to the point where you are actually now blinded by the blood which has got all up in your grill like it's 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 all over the place it's not looking good (laughs) and the entire platform is starting to tilt a little bit now and uh you can all feel gravity shifting uh rixua this will be a familiar feeling for you uh it's your (laughs) go and uh, the Lego there's, only, fel- there's only Lego Man left, isn't there? There's only Lego Man left. Okay. Um, I'm going to... So Lego Man threw one of his heads, didn't he? He did. Yes, but the happy head, yeah. I'm going to try and throw my spear into like the melted circle that Lynette <laughs> left in the middle of his okay. chest. Yeah. So oh, nice. I'm using my spear as a ranged weapon now. Fine. Ooh, that's a one. Uh, one green. One green. So yeah, okay. so it's okay. That's fine Two. though. The yeah, you throw this spear and it's uh, it's an amazing shot and it kind of like smashes right into the kind of molten plasticky hole in the heart of the Lego man, and he takes two damage. How how do you imagine he feels after that? Um, unbalanced. <laughs> yeah. He, he is uh he's st- he is stumbling backwards and coupled with the tilting angle 
of the tower, which is becoming increasingly uh, kind of uh, aggressive, <laughs> you get the feeling that, yeah, he is now starting to like stumble backwards towards the edge of the um, the whole platform. Uh, Lynette, uh, from your position, uh-huh. you, you see the Lego man is kind of stumbling backwards towards the lip. What do you do? Uh, could you just tell me how far I am from him and how far he is from the edge? Uh, he's maybe, uh, he's kind of like maybe three or four foot away from the edge. But again, he's kind of like stumbling, but he does have big old Lego feet. So he might be <laughs> able to, he might still be able to like gain purchase. Can, like clip on to <laughs> Yeah, ground. yeah. Oh no. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you're maybe like, uh, I don't know, eight foot away, not massively far. Okay, I'm going to grab my wrench, which is on my belt, and I'm going to run up and I'm going to try and take his head off with my wrench. (laughs) What, like hit it or like like try and undo it? Yeah, yeah, undo it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, I think. Oh, I don't know. I'd say. Do you have a change stat? Yes, I was thinking it would be three. Yeah, make make me a change roll. Okay. That is three with a cost. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to say that you are able to uh, <laughs> run up to the Lego man and your Omni Wrench kind of uh, expands automatically to kind of like <laughs> ma- match the diameters of his head. Uh-huh. And you are able to... Um, uh, you're able to uh, kind of pop his head off uh-huh. kind of neatly. Uh, the cost, however, is that he grabs you and he steps back off the edge <gasps> of oh, no. the platform. This is how I die. <laughs> this, uh, is this the end of the net? <laughs> well, join us next, Gark, for... Uh, no, and, the, and uh, you think you're falling, uh, and then for a second... Uh, there's a moment of free fall and then you hear like a kind of like a little pock, like a little pock noise and you realise that the edge of this tower is entirely lined with Lego <laughs> kind of um, like Surface. little pop, pop yeah. sockets going up the end and the Lego, the headless Lego man has has stuck himself onto the edge of the tower and you're kind of now like standing on his chest uh-huh. in a way. Ah. <laughs> And he is going to, uh, he is going to uh, try and crush you with his big Lego hands. Fair enough. Two big Lego fingers. Okay, and yeah, he uh, he grabs you in a big old Lego hand and he squeezes, and you take uh, two damage, Ooh. Lynette. Ooh. Oh, indeed. <laughs> uh, Capella. You just um, saw this happen. What do you do? Yeah, so she just just after like completing her anime style slice and getting covered in blood. Oh no, I wouldn't have seen it happen, would I? Because I'm blinded. Oh, you're blind. Yes, you don't see this happen. I'm no, afraid. I don't. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so I don't do what I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> instead, I wipe your face. I think I'm gonna spend a turn wiping my face, John. <laughs> uh, get I'm to gonna... disengage those swords. Do I have a? Do I have a self in the face? Do I have a flannel bonus? <laughs> uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say you can either just take a turn um to you can either just take you can either just take a turn to recover or if you wanted you could make a simple change roll uh to kind of do it instantly 
and see if I still action. get a turn. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm thinking my change will be two. Um, so let's do a quick roll on that. See what I get. I get a single red and a blank. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say that, yes, you are able to... Uh, Okay, yeah. You're able to uh, wipe the blood out of your eyes. Nice. But the the cost is that uh, you drop your energy swords in doing so. Okay. And they are now sliding along the stone surface of the shifting tower. And you think like, oh no, they're going to fall off the edge of a tower. And then you remember that they are energy constructs and they actually just vaporize and <laughs> yeah. disappear. That's fine because I was going to discard them anyway. Um, and I'm going to use wish kinesis to try and lift um, Lynette out of the grasp of the Lego man. Okay. Um, yeah. Make me a power roll. Brilliant. This will be more of a kind of success or we'll see how you do. Okay. One green and all others blank. So one green. Okay, yeah, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, you do okay. And Lynette, you feel yourself kind of yanked upwards out of the Lego Man's grip. Mm -hmm. uh, But you're only like a few feet above him. So you are kind of now just like levitating, as it were. (laughs) You're still off the edge of the tower. Um, Rixuar, what are you thinking? Well, I want my spear back. Sure. Okay. Because the Lego Man kind of took it with him. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so I'm going to kind of like lean over the edge and try and yank my spear out and in the, in the process hope that I kind of dislodge him and knock him off the tower. Nice. Okay. Uh, uh, so does that count as an attack? <laughs> uh, it depends. I'd be inclined to say that's more of a change roll. Okay, I'm bad at to... that. So yeah. I, I, I have a change of one. So let's see what we do. Come on, Richard. blank. Ah, oh, boo. It's fine. No, you are, you're hanging on, you're kind of reaching down over the edge, Ritua, but you are unable to grab the spear. Um, Lynette, uh, and of course, you, you could have chosen to grab your good crewmate, uh, Lynette. However, Lynette, you are still kind of <laughs> No, Ritua floating. wanted the spear. <laughs> you're floating. Uh, you, you see, like, Ritua is not far from you, actually, kind of like grasping for his beloved spear, uh, but you are levitating. Uh, with a little kind of golden glow about you and the Lego man is below you reaching uh-huh. up. What do you do? Well, I've got his head in my wrench. Yes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw, I'm going to sort of yank it down, hoping that the head will just fly at him and dislodge him and he'll fall to his death. Yes, Lynette, yes. Um, so what does flicking a head from a wrench, what stats <laughs> does that require? Well, you say, you're, are you specifically trying to like dislodge him from the wall? Yeah, so I'm basically like, he threw his head at me like a bowling ball. I'm doing it back at him. Okay, make me a change roll. Okay. Okay. That's a one. Okay, yeah, you... Um, what colour? Uh, I think... Is- can we just go for numbers and like unless there's a red we assume there's no red so if oh, i just okay. say one oh just, sure yeah, yeah yeah sure that makes sense yeah. yeah so yeah it's probably best to say like a two with a cost or, yeah yeah or yeah. two uh, minus so. does that work i like with a cost yeah okay so you cool. just rolled a one yeah so okay yeah so you did uh so the um you ch- you toss this head down and it knocks the lego man and what? And he kind of stumbles, and one of his legs <gasps> kind of comes free, but the other one remains kind of fixed. So he's kind of like jerking, like 
like hanging his head is now kind of pointing down if you will uh-huh. he's still got the spear kind of sticking out of him uh so much so that the the lego man is actually um he he can't do anything to the point where he is he's trying to write himself but is kind of stuck uh capella what do you do i'm gonna pull um lynette back onto somewhat solid ground okay um you know what i'm gonna say that yes there's no need to roll for that you're able to bring lynette back to the edge and all all three of you are now kind of on on the edge um yeah uh, yeah okay you are all now (laughs) together again what do you you have a moment to kind of like reconnect if you wish this is weird isn't it yeah (laughs) i i was asleep and now i'm here i don't know what's going on (laughs) Okay. I think this uh, pocket universe thing needs some research. It keeps happening to us. It's... Yeah, this is true. This is probably Timbar training us again. Either way, let's finish yeah. off this Lego man. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Um, and fact, also, what's uh... Lego? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but he's got it written on his ass. Yeah. So it's got to be important. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm ignoring order of play here. So what what do you... I, this is free, free form jazz. What do you Lynette, want to do? Lynette, shoot him. Okay, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, and you're like, oh yeah, I could have just shot him, and you, um, <laughs> you uh, l- lower the gun, and you blast him, and uh, it's, it's savage. It's savage. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> d- does it? Does it? Uh, I mean, does he? Does it take out his leg, or did, are you going for a, a headshot? I mean, I guess he doesn't really have a head at the moment. Or yeah, um... I think because of the way he's kind of angled, where his torso is, perhaps downwards. You know, he's kind of bending the way he's not supposed to bend. Um, the only natural place to hit really is the crotch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You shoot him uh, right in his big plastic crotch, and um, <laughs> it. Uh, the shot actually goes right downwards or upwards, I suppose, through his crotch, through mm. his hollow Lego chest chamber and pops out his head stump to the point where you actually can see right through his body Ooh, now. Oh, yikes. Ooh. Looking down at the scorched landscape below as Pete, as Columbo's energies continue to <laughs> ravage the landscape. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, and then the Lego body goes limp, and then his torso kind of falls off from his legs and just kind of tumbles downwards. So it's just like this burnt and smouldering uh, pair of Lego legs kind of stuck to the mm-hmm. side of the building. And uh, the building is now listing quite terribly. Uh, but you, you've, congratulations, you, you've, you've won, you've done Woo. it. You've, you have beaten these three opponents. <laughs> you certainly yeah, feel yes. like winning. Do you feel good? Do you feel good? Oh, great. How we healthy need to make are... a new spear. Yeah, how healthy are you all? Um, I'm on uh, three half, life. Yeah, half life for me. I'm on five. Okay, okay. So you you took it all took a little bit of a bruising. Mm, yeah. And uh yeah, and then the tower um collapses and uh you're <laughs> you actually kind of grateful because <laughs> thankfully you take uh falling damage and you all die, which was a much sweeter <laughs> death than being ravaged by those Columbo energies. Which oh god, are... yeah. I'd much prefer this. <laughs> claimed so many planets uh yeah and then you uh yeah and then suddenly whoa oh that was weird and then you're all back on a future legend and uh uh you're actually all just massively high on uh just some drugs that ocus had because that's how ocus rolls oh Oh, i didn't know we'd be having a whole other arc tonight (laughs) i know this was season four (laughs) 
<laughs> and that was it, the end of season four. <laughs> um, but bravo, you did it. Hey. hey. I like the that system. Worked. It worked well. It was good. Yeah. It was very quick as well. Yeah. It feels robust. I'm well, good. I hope it was I hope it was fun anyway. It like was, as was. a definitely. Cool. Well. Nice one. I guess I guess maybe that's that's quite encouraging for future uh future adventures. Um indeed. Sh- should we before we sign off, um Lucy, did you want to say anything about where what's happening next for Cuckoos? Yes. Uh I suppose so. I'll do a, a brief intro. Um so as is our as is our occasional want with first flight, um we like to research and steal from other uh <laughs> systems. So uh I've been putting together a system uh, a game of Urban Shadows, which is a powered by the apocalypse game. Uh so we've been we've, we've mentioned some of that earlier today. Um and yes, yeah, so we will be running this entirely online, which is quite exciting. It's the first time We'll be using uh, Roll20, which has full online character sheets for this game, which is very useful. Um, and yes, it will be, I don't want to give too much away, but it is a Slipstream-esque real-world setting, um, which will be very familiar to, I'm sure, many people who are listening to this <laughs> podcast and the people who are in this podcast as well. Um, so yeah, so that will be hopefully starting next week. And uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun because I'm really looking forward to playing with the apocalypse system. I think it's a really interesting yeah me too sort of setup, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll see how I'm it goes. I haven't DM'd for a while. I'm so <laughs> I'm excited. I'm really yeah, oh, my life. Yeah. yeah, me too. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. Well, on that note, should we call it a day? Let's call sure. it a day, team. Well done. Well, John. I'll well call done, it a Lucy. night because it, it, a yes, night. it is yeah. quite dark. Night. Uh, oh time is meaningless in these strange strange days um yeah thank you everyone you've been amazing and um thank you to our listeners uh and yeah i can't wait for what you've got planned for us lucy it's gonna be great yeah yay just gotta hope all the technology works (laughs) it'll be fine it'll be fine we'll see you all in a whole new world yay Bye. 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 bye bye